hello, and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. On our show this week, in a few moments, we're going to find out more about a campaign called Travel Like It's 2019. It's an online campaign looking to scrap the ArriveCan app and to tackle the backlog plaguing the Canada-U.S. Nexus system, so we'll learn more about that. And then we'll head to northern Manitoba, home to polar bears, wolves, and other wildlife. It's also where you can stay at the lodges operated by a tour company known as Churchill Wild and get up close and personal with all those wild creatures. And then later in the show, we'll get an update on what there is to see and do in the Caribbean island of Barbados. But as I mentioned, we're going to start things out this week talking about an online campaign looking to scrap the ArriveCan app and to tackle the backlog plaguing the Canada-U.S. Nexus system. The campaign is called Travel Like It's 2019, and the group behind it is the Canadian-American Business Council. So joining us now to talk about it further is Mary Scott Greenwood. She's the Chief Executive Officer for the Canadian-American Business Council. She's also the co-host of the Canusa Street Podcast. Hi, Mary Scott. Hey, Randy. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Tell me uh, a little bit about the Canadian-American Business Council, what you do and what your mandate is. Sure. Well, the Canadian-American Business Council is fully bilateral, Canadian and U.S. Uh, it's been around for about 36 years, and we are really champions for the Canada-U.S. relationship. So it's business community, both sides of the border. We convene policy dialogues. We get people together. We're a convener. Uh, we're a nonprofit. We're an advocate. We're a champion. And we're all about Canada-U.S. relations and um, making sure they go well. So that's who, that's who we are. Okay. Well, let's talk about the uh, campaign Travel Like It's 2019. Tell me how this came about. Sure. Travel like it's 2019.ca. That's the URL that people should look at, Randy. And it really, uh, we decided it was important um, to meaningfully get into the conversation about how the Canada-U.S. border is managed. You know, coming through this pandemic, uh, we many of us have seen these travel delays. You've read about them right across the country. And, you know, there are a lot of factors that go into travel delays. It's, a, it, you know, uh, staffing shortages and all kinds of things. And many of those factors are, um, you know, no one entity can solve them, no one person can solve them. But there are a couple of things that actually governments could solve with a stroke of the pen tomorrow. And one of those um, has to do with Nexus. Nexus is the Trusted Traveler Program. Many of your listeners, Randy, may mm -hmm. have it. Mm -hmm. And while the airports are so clogged up, if you have that Nexus card, you can zip through the line and get to your destination um, with way fewer headaches and much more efficiently. Um, but the thing is, if you don't have a Nexus card and you decide you want one, if you're in Canada, there are no enrollment centers open anymore. The, the U.S. and Canada have to run these enrollment centers together. And the U.S. has, has reopened its enrollment centers, staffed by American and Canadian officials. Canada, the federal government of Canada, has not yet opened any of the enrollment centers. And so that was something that we said, you know what, we care a lot about, we, the Canadian American Business Council, we care a lot about the smooth functioning of the border. We really believe that these trusted traveler programs are great for both countries and for the economy and for people and all of that. So we decided to tackle uh, the question of, 
of the Nexus enrollment centers. And that's what our kind of Back to the Future campaign is about, travel like it's 2019. And then, you know, while we're at it, we looked at ArriveCan, mm-hmm. which is the app that you need um, to get into Canada if you're traveling, if you're returning to Canada, or if you're coming from the United States or anywhere else. And the ArriveCan app is something that um, I think was useful when it began, right? At the beginning of the pandemic, when health officials were trying to figure out, okay, are you vaccinated? Uh, do you have symptoms? Is it safe to travel? They needed they needed some way to uh, figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so, it, you know, so so they implemented it and it, it's had its, you know, fits and starts, but it's been basically useful. But now, you know, everybody that's going to get vaccinated, Randy, is vaccinated. Yeah. And Arrive Can has become an added layer of bureaucracy that really, in our opinion, um, and I think the data shows this, isn't adding to public health and safety. So uh, it's discouraging people from traveling. It's it's having an impact um, on businesses and on family travel and all of that, both sides of the border. So um, so that's part of the campaign, too, which is let's let's. Which arrive can make it make it voluntary if people want to fill out that information. You know, maybe there's a way for them to do it. But but really, let's not have any more impediments to getting to getting our border back to the way it should be, which is uh, seamless for people, goods and services, and all of that. Make make it hard for the bad guys, but make it mm-hmm. make it efficient for everybody else. You yeah. Know? Well, I, I think you're right. I, initially, I had nothing against the ArriveCan app. I thought it kind of smoothed the process out when you needed to show all these uh, different uh, you know, pieces of paper and proof of uh, whatever. But now, yeah, it just becomes cumbersome. And, you know, you're hearing the horror stories that sometimes it doesn't work. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, the goal here, if it's to get rid of the ArriveCan app and, and speed up the or open up the backlog of Nexus, I think it's a good idea. So how can people participate? Then. Well, you can go to the website, uh, www.travellikeits2019.ca, and, you know, just click on it. It's really simple. You can, if you click on it, put your name in there, uh, it'll send an email to your MP. You can see what the email says, but basically it says, uh, let's reopen the Nexus Enrollment Centers in Canada and let's not make ArriveCan mandatory. And it'll also send an email to it, for the last couple of weeks, Randy, it's been to the public safety minister. Now the CC of the email goes to the transport minister because through our advocacy, what we are learning is there's actually a dual jurisdiction, if you will, in Canada. There's a couple of decision makers in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. One of them is in public safety, but one of them is in transport. So, you know, mm-hmm. everybody wants to get back to um, get get back to, to life. It's never going to be exactly the same. And and COVID is terrible, and, and we need to learn the lessons from the pandemic, but we also have to move forward. And that's what this is all about. Canada and the United States, our relationship is so vital to both of us, to Americans and to Canadians, that we, we don't want to have things that you know unnecessarily uh, create impediments to us going back and forth. Look, we believe in direct conversations, so we're having direct conversations with government officials in Washington and Ottawa. We believe in, so that's behind the scenes work, and that's our, that's our bread and butter. We do that all the time on all kinds of issues. But, you know, there are some issues that, you know, the, the politicians need to hear from their own constituents. 
And, you know, so I'm, I'm sort of saying, well, don't take my word for it. Don't just read about it in the paper. But your own constituents are writing to you. So that's been happening. Thousands of Canadians have already gotten involved. And, and, and so we're hoping that people will continue that until the governments sit down and solve this thing. That's, that's the hope. That's the hope. Uh, travel like it's 2019.ca, again, is the website. Mary Scott Greenwood is the Chief Executive Officer with the Canadian American Business Council. Uh, appreciate your time, Mary Scott. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me, Randy. Great to be with you. Well, Churchill, Manitoba is known as the polar bear capital of the world and one company that offers an experience of a lifetime involving polar bears and other wildlife is Churchill Wild. So joining us now to share what the experience is like is Adam Pauls. He is the CEO of Churchill Wild. The website is churchillwild.com. How long has uh, Churchill Wild been in operation now? So Church of Wild has been around since 1993. It's 29 years, so coming up on our, our 30th year next year. Wow. So you've been around a long time, doing this for a long time. Uh, it's not. I'm looking on your website now, churchillwild.com. It's not just a place to stay, although you offer that. It's more like uh, a whole experience, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, what we, what we excel in is is an experience. We have three very remote eco-lodges on Hudson Bay. So um, we we basically take care of our guests um, the moment they arrive in Winnipeg. Uh, we put them up for night, take care of dinner and stuff, do, you know, do an introductory uh, dinner and event to, to tell them what they're going to be in for. And then we fly them up through Churchill and into the lodges themselves. So they'll be They'll be going into a lodge with, you know, a group size of 16 people. And uh, we do walking tours. Uh, some of the lodges we have, you know, other machines, uh, be it ATVs or Zodiac boats, if you're going to see beluga whales or something like that. Um, and it's, so it's extremely remote. The lodges are situated in places where the animals naturally like to wander. So... Um, you know, picture picture being a polar bear that can, you know, smell for 20 miles or something like that. And suddenly our, our lodge kicks up in the season and we're cooking and there's, <laughs> you know, smells coming out of the exhaust. Animals are walking down the bay. They, uh, they tend to do a detour, come past the lodge, check it out on their way by. So we often see animals from the lodge or, you know, while we're out on a boat uh, on our trips. So they're, they're kind of situated on the animal highways depending on the lodge that you're at is, um, you know, what kind of animals you'll see. We have, you know, one lodge or two lodges north of Churchill. Um, that would be in the tundra. So, you know, there we see the tundra animals, tundra birds, you know, depending on time of year. And then we have another lodge that's southeast of Churchill, right on the edge of where the boreal forest meets the tundra. And so there we have a extremely unique mix of animals. We'll have polar bears, but we'll also have, you know, black bears, wolves, moose, um, and, and those kind of animals and where they intersect. So 
so it's pretty cool depending on what you know what a person wants to see generally is is where they'll end up mm-hmm. well you kind of answered the question of getting there because you uh, mentioned that it starts in winnipeg that's very convenient so you don't have to worry about you know finding your way up to the lodges uh, you take care of all of that right that's correct. Yeah, we, we go so far as to walk our people through the gates. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about, about the accommodations. You mentioned there's three different lodges. Describe them for me. So, um, yeah, Seal River Lodge is the most northern lodge. Um, it's all of them we would consider, you know, rustic luxury. Um, you know, consider these places are everything has been either flown in or taken up by by machines in the winter over the snow um but the pictures on our on our website do them fairly fairly decent justice they're they're fairly high end um very high end for considering where you are um but yeah quite comfortable um the food is exquisite uh, we just get comment after comment about our food and um yeah, it's it's quite an experience. The the guests definitely don't seem to be lacking creature comforts. <laughs> uh, can you stay at all three lodges? Like, is are there different packages, or how does it work that way? Yeah, so we we have packages that go to each individual lodge, and then we have some packages where we call it a dual lodge safari. So our Seal River and our Nanook Lodge are operate. Seal River starts in July and runs through November. Nanook starts in August and runs through November, and then our Diamond Lake Eco Lodge operates only in October, November. So it's it's only operating for four or five weeks. So the uh, the dual lodge safaris that we have going on run between Seal and Nanook because of the the two different you know essentially uh, ecosystems that you're that you're seeing. They're very you know they're very different. One of them is tundra. One of them is you know, the edge of the taiga and the tundra. So um, sometimes people want to see both those different, you know, both those different biomes in one, in one trip. So that's, that's the dual lodge safari we have going on to, you could, you know, you could see polar bears, belugas and, and wolves and moose all in, all in a week. Well, tell me about walking with polar bears. That's uh, one of the, the uh, adventures on your site, churchillwild.com. That's got to be the one that people want to do, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's what's built this business. It's something Churchill Wild pioneered. Um, it's we, so the way we do it, we have we have three guides uh, that go out with a group. So the group will be up to sixteen guests, and we have very very specific ways that we operate. Uh, we have a number of safety protocols um, in place, obviously. But um, ironically, the bears, you know, the, our first concern is actually not scaring the bears off. They're, um, you know, they can be quite timid. Mm-hmm. We do get, you know, we do get some curious bears. Um, but, you know, just our guys will explain it to, to our guests and how we operate, you know, for starters. You know, when we're, if we do see a bear and we want to make an approach, you know, they'll, they'll line up single file so that we actually show up as not, you know, a large mm-hmm on the horizon uh, to scare them away. So we'll kind of approach in a single file manner. You know, if we notice a bear is, you know, getting curious, you know, then we'll start to spread the group out. Immediately we're a bigger profile, uh, a little more intimidating, uh, and it goes from there. Um, Ironically, what scares nearly every bear off is actually just clicking a couple of rocks together. It's something about the sound. They 
they just hate. And um, so that's kind of our first line of defense is, um, well, after talking to the bear, you know, our guides will use tone. They're, you know, they're very experienced in, in managing the bears, and it's actually quite quite an interesting symphony to watch the way they the way they work a bear encounter and um it's always something that comes through on the reviews is guests are just so amazed at at how you know they're able to to work you know to work a wild animal that is you know the largest land predator on planet earth and um just able to work that animal through the experience that they have well, it all sounds like a fabulous adventure. You can find out uh, more about all the different safaris, not just bears, other wildlife too. Or It's at churchillwild.com. Adam Pauls is the CEO of Churchill Wild. Uh, pleasure chatting with you, Adam. Thanks very much. Thank you. Barbados has always been a tourist hotspot in the Caribbean, and like many countries, it's slowly climbing out of the COVID travel restrictions. So joining us now to give us an update on what there is to see and do and what's new in Barbados is Peter Mayers. He is the Director of Canada for Barbados Tourism Marketing, Inc. The website is visitbarbados.org. Hi, Peter. How are you doing, Randy? So good to hear you. Yeah. So how are things in Barbados? How's the summer been as far as tourist numbers and visitors and things like that? Yeah, well, I mean, certainly we're on the rebound. Uh, obviously, the last two years uh, with COVID would have uh, brought unprecedented challenges to our industry, but we've had a very encouraging summer. Uh, I think um, it pretty much came to a climax in the last two weeks with the very successful staging of Crop Over, which, as you know, remains the sweetest summer festival and um, for us to welcome visitors from all of our source markets and, and media on the ground to sort of bring that coverage back to the source markets, it really was one of the high points of us in the summer season. So we're very pleased in general um, with what we're seeing. And now we look to the fall and winter with, with, with a renewed optimism, given that uh, the sentiment for travel is, is certainly on the rise. Mm-hmm. Well, nothing like a festival to get things going again, right? And there's a lot of other festivals coming up, which we'll talk about uh, in a bit. But uh, let's just talk about just the basics, getting to Barbados from Canada. Uh, it's easier than ever before. Absolutely. I mean, we are fortunate to have um, and continue to enjoy a relationship with both Air Canada and WestJet. Uh, currently, Air Canada has given us five, uh, five services a week, uh, every day except Monday and Thursday. And that carries us up to late October. And then WestJet rejoins. Um, and so we be pretty much be daily through uh, April with those combined carriers. Uh, and even with Air Canada in, in this winter season, we're going to see increased capacity from last winter. Um, with some days we will have double daily service out of Toronto. Uh, so we are very encouraged by the, the confidence that our airline partners are showing in the destination. We intend to do them proud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and w- now let's just do a little geographic uh, lesson here, but, but it's not a big island. And what's the main city? And getting around is quite easy, isn't it? Absolutely. A small island, only 166 square miles. So you're talking 21 miles long by 14 miles wide uh, with Bridgetown as our capital city. I mean, we pretty much have four major towns, uh, Bridgetown, Spikestown, Town, and Oystens. And of course, Oystens is renowned for the very wonderful fish fry that has become part and parcel of the Barbadian experience. Visitors and locals coming together 
mainly on the weekends um, and being able to just enjoy that atmosphere. Wonderful culinary experience, but also wonderful entertainment. And I think uh, it's, it, it really is probably one of the best practice examples of the whole notion of community tourism and, and the idea that visitors and locals can come together um, and enjoy. And you know, visitors don't necessarily just have to be stuck on a resort. Uh, and the Oysters model is one that we're very proud of and really showcases Barbados at its best. And I, I imagine if you're uh, wanting to tour around Barbados, uh, Bridgetown would be a good hub. From there, you can pretty much explore the whole island, either doing a day trip or maybe doing a you know, one night uh, somewhere else. No, definitely. The idea that you can have um, a, a tour of Barbados in one day is something that appeals to a lot of persons. Small island, and there's some who say within a four to five hour time frame, you can pretty much uh, cover the perimeter of the island. It's interesting because the contrasting coastlines that persons are exposed to is actually one of the interesting talking points uh, where you can have uh, the placid uh, west coast fed by the Caribbean Sea contrasting with the, the rugged east coast, uh, the Atlantic Ocean. And, and, and the, the contrast, uh, even that sets us apart, meaning you can have the catamaran sail, for instance, being a, a, an essential part of the experience, the sail <laughs> up and down the west coast. And then the surfers, for instance, uh, they take it over on the east coast. So even at that level, the, the, the difference in, in, in the sort of adrenaline occasioned by the difference in coast is one of the things that we are very, very uh, happy to talk about. So sailing on a catamaran, that's one thing i got to do. <laughs> what are some of the other activities? Make sure you do it, uh, you, you're getting a chance to screw the turtles as well, because that's important. <laughs> well, I would I would need a turtle to help me swim. So, <laughs> but yeah, obviously yeah. A, a lot of water activities, a lot of beach activities. Uh, just run down some of the some of the things that people like to do. I know we only time is always our enemy, and we could probably talk for hours about uh, all the things to do. But just give us some highlights. Well, I think I, I probably want to highlight the revamped Harrison's Cave, which is in the center of the island. Uh, St. Thomas, and um, has, has for long been one of the, the key staples of the what we would call the perhaps the soft adventure experience. And they've recently uh, reopened and added to their product offering is now the opportunity for zipline. And this we think is good because, I mean, obviously, for those who want that adrenaline rush and want that type of adventure, to be able to now experience that in the center of the island, um, all reports thus far have been excellent exceedingly positive in terms of the feedback. So I think going into the winter season, that's one that we are going to be to be speaking about. And then, of course, for those who have a bit of an interest in motorsports, we have our circuit at Bushy Park. And that also can give the adrenaline rush that we know persons are looking for. <laughs> and if you just want to relax, the beaches are amazing, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we still, we still, Barbados being a non-volcanic island, uh, it means that the beach experience uh, is very real, very in your face. And it's one of the things that persons coming to Barbados often talk about. Uh, there is a resort on the western side of the island, for instance, Fairmont Royal Pavilion. And uh, persons still talk about the proximity of their rooms to the beach, the closeness of the fact that they, they wake up on mornings and they, they, they feel like they are almost at the intersection of heaven and earth with that type of experience. 
One thing that, uh, well, let's talk about the festivals now because they are so colorful. That's the one thing that always stands out and people want to get a, a visual. They can go to your website, visitbarbados.org. But uh, there's so many colors, uh, lots of great music. And, of course, uh, when you're talking about uh, festivals like the Food and Rum Festival, lots of food and lots of drink. Oh, absolutely. Um, Barbados enjoys this idea of the Food and Rum Festival. It started as the Food, Wine and Rum and has morphed into food and rum. And this year, October 27th to the 30th, we are going to be staging this event again, and we're very excited at the prospect of that. Uh, Barbados has long been the culinary capital of the Caribbean. So you mix that with the, the world's old, producing the world's oldest rum, and it is a natural fit that we would have a food and rum festival. And, and we are very excited to bring persons to the island now to experience those two elements at that time of the year. Uh, before that, we're also going to have the Elan Trotman Jazz and Golf Excursion. That's from October 6th to 10th. And uh, later in the year, for those of you who uh, would be interested in running, uh, we've got the Run Barbados Marathon Series. Uh, the idea that you come for the run, run uh, you can come for the run as well, but you come, <laughs> come for the run and you definitely stay for the fun. Uh, so those are probably the three major festivals uh, for the remainder of this year that we're, we're, we're looking at. We're certainly hoping to encourage Canadians, uh, those who like food and rum, those who, for instance, like jazz, and those uh, who are, uh, have a proclivity for, for marathons and, and 5K, 10K activity to get onto the ground and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Just another way to enjoy the things and uh, to see and do in Barbados. Uh, the weather's always nice. You, you, you're kind of outside the hurricane zone, aren't you? Yeah, a little further, a little further south in the Caribbean, and hurricane activity traditionally passes north of the island. So that's always a talking point for persons, you know, looking to travel in the uh, September October time frame. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, Barbados has generally been spared from that type of activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else that I've missed? I know it's it's really hard to talk about a country as a whole, um, even regardless of how large it is. There is so much to see and do. Anything I've missed that you might want to touch on? Well, I think, I think for us, our message is really one of, of, of diversity in terms of product offering. There's so much to do on the island, whether it's the culinary scene, whether it's a soft adventure, whether it's um, looking for different types of accommodation options, um, the heritage. There's so many elements that make Barbados special. And that really is our message, the fact that you can come to Barbados um, and there's something for everyone. And we think that that's important because in today's environment, uh, being able to please everyone through your product offering, all on 166 square, square miles. Um, we're proud and privileged to be able to extend that hospitality in a way that we know Canadians will enjoy. So for us, it's really about coming in and just finding that which makes you happy and enjoying it to the fullest. Mm-hmm. And if people want to find out more, your website is visitbarbados.org. And Peter Maris is the Director of Canada for, ba- for Barbados Tourism Marketing, Inc. Uh, fun chatting with you, Peter. Thank you. Thank you so much, Randy. You stay safe. All the very best. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website, theinformedtraveler.org. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know, leave a review, tell a friend, or you can drop me a line. My email is randy at theinformedtraveler.org. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler or follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.org.